Have you ever found yourself struggling with social anxiety? That it's just so hard to talk to strangers and sometimes even friends. If so, then this episode is for you. Today, we're going to talk about a Japanese book on how to have conversation with anyone for 10 minutes with ease. And we are also going to talk about some changes we're making to the show. So stay tuned. Welcome to episode 7 of A Book with Bubble Tea. I'm your host, Mira He. You may have noticed that there hasn't been any new show updated since mid August this year. It's not because we're lazy, but rather we want to really focus on improving、uh, the quality of the show, the narration, the content. I say we because my friend of 20 years, Lillian, she's also on this podcasting journey with me. And you can imagine our schedule is so packed with like kids, family, work, you know, household stuff. But, you know, we're just trying to make it happen. So the first six episodes was really about our experiment of what is this podcast about? Because we have no clue, right? So we just wanted to get it done from A to Z as quickly as possible instead of like being held back by our fear. But after six episodes, we got so many ideas that we want to implement into our show. Therefore, you know, we thought it's a right decision to take a short break and then really focus on improving the content of the,、uh, of the show, the quality of the show. So here it is a book with Bubble Tea 2.0. And in this 2.0 version, in each episode, we not only share insights from fantastic books on parenting business and personal growth from East Asia. But we also allocate a minute or so to introduce something fun or something interesting or something thought provoking or my observation, you know, something about East Asia. It's called East Asian This Week. We hope this channel provides you with a glimpse into East Asian societies. All right, we sincerely hope that you will continue this journey with us and on this improved version of a book with bubble tea. Don't forget to also follow us on Instagram. You can get quotes from the book and some valuable takeaways. Here we go. Now into the show. For today, which is also our first East Asian this week, we will discuss the differences between Hong Kong and Taiwan. What do you think about Hong Kong and Taiwan when you heard about them? At least to me, I really thought they were very similar until I married my husband and moved to Hong Kong for six months in 2015. And I was like, no, Hong Kong is not my cup of tea. You know, the pace of life is so fast and people generally could be quite impolite. They have no smiles, no greetings, and sometimes even raised voices when you get in their way. But this time, when I revisited Hong Kong, Uh, this August, I started to see the thoughtfulness of the Hong Kong people embedded in their system design and the pride that each service providers take in giving customers hassle free experiences. Listen, I didn't say friendly experiences, okay? I said hassle free experiences. That means they don't need to be friendly or even interact with you, but everything can still be done swiftly, quickly, and accurately. For example, when I tried to buy Metro cards at a Hong Kong station, the staff even interrupted me. He didn't want to listen to my explanation. He just wanted me to answer a few questions of his and then, ta da! My Metro cards w 
was delivered to me instantly. If Hong Kong represents the ultimate version of getting things done with an efficient plus unfriendly staff approach, then Taiwan stands at the opposite spectrum with its inefficient system but really helpful and knowledgeable staff. This summer holiday, I took my daughter to Taiwan for the first time and it was at the airport. I discovered even though she has a Taiwanese passport, she cannot stay in Taiwan for more than three months because she doesn't have a registered address in Taiwan. I was like, what kind of outdated system is that? That is completely absurd that you don't allow your own citizen to stay in your own place for more than three months. But what could I do? That is the system of Taiwan. So I have to start applying for her to get her registered in Taiwan. And I got tons of help from immigration office, helplines at uh, foreign affairs, and then also the local registry office. And they smoothed out the process for me so I could still get it done in time and relatively painless. Reflecting on these differences between Hong Kong and Taiwan, I am really intrigued. Despite our shared Chinese heritage, our approaches differ significantly. It's evident why my Hong Kong husband criticized my business for lacking the systems, just as I criticize him for appearing stern to my customers. We are different but complement each other with our respective strengths and weaknesses. This is East Asian This Week. I hope you enjoy it. And now let's dive into our book today. Today's book actually also centers on people. In fact, it's about how to converse effectively. Authored by Yamaguchi Takuro, if you remember, we previously introduced his work about writing, so this nine-grid writing method. This time, we delve into his guide on conversing with anyone. Its Japanese title is Douna hito tomo dokimaki setsu ni kaiwa ga fukuramu kotsu atsumemashita, which translates to Tips gathered for you to make conversation with anyone with ease. This book is bringing me with practical tips. It targets those who fear conversations, aiming to help them confidently converse for at least 10 minutes. Rather than grand theories, it's packed with actionable advice to incorporate into daily life. Why discuss this book? I am among those who fear conversations. Despite my appearance and chatty profession, conversations don't come easily. I find myself worrying about meeting old friends, let alone striking up conversations with strangers. The author champions conversations' importance. He argues that talking is a path to happiness. Through communication, we build trust and relationships, which technology can't replace. We learn, grow, and connect through conversations. The book offers 71 tips for effective conversations. Let's delve into four that I find practically useful and easy to apply. By mastering these, we can enhance our conversations and engage better. Right, let's delve deeper into these four strategies for handling conversations. First, the basics of conversation, my attitude. Does my attitude actually show the other party that I'm paying attention to him or her? Before talking more about specific conversational techniques, it's crucial to acknowledge that a conversation involves at least two people. 
your attitude significantly influences how eager the other person is to respond and the overall quality of the conversation. Think about it. If someone you are talking to comes across as bossy or is engrossed in their phones, it's unlikely you want to continue that conversation, right? Similarly, if someone constantly complains or make mean comments, it's tough to enjoy the conversations with them. It's important not to treat others in a way that you yourself wouldn't like. A foundational rule for any conversation is to be pleasant and considerate, making it a positive experience for both parties. A simple smile can work wonders in putting others at ease. Paying genuine attention to what others are saying and even taking notes on important points can work too. Showing respect and make the other person feel valued. Don't hesitate to share your own experiences, and be open to light-hearted teasing. Approaching conversations with kindness and encouragement helps alleviate any anxiety the other person might also have. After all, you are likely not the only one feeling a bit nervous here. Remember, a conversation is like a game of ping pong; you can't play alone. Ensuring the other person is comfortable and engaged is the cornerstone of any successful conversation. Point number two: Try to direct the conversations to topics that you can easily handle, especially when you feel uncomfortable with the direction of the conversation. We all have subjects we are more comfortable discussing and areas where we might not feel as knowledgeable. Unless your goal is to learn from the other person, steering the conversation towards mutual interest is a smart strategy. This keeps the conversation flowing smoothly and enjoyable for both parties. Topics like food, restaurants, and travel experiences are great choices, as they tend to spark engagement and discussion. For instance, let's say you meet a Korean guy who used to work at a nuclear power plant in Abu Dhabi. Of course, if you're interested about knowing more about the power plant or his work, feel free to explore that avenue. However, if you rather stick to a familiar topic or shifting the conversation to something else, then talking about Abu Dhabi or even Korea might be easier. You could ask questions like. Oh, was it a tough decision for you to move to Abu Dhabi, or something like, "Oh, I recently visited Korea, and I went to a small town called Yangyang. Have you heard about it?" The goal here is to guide the conversation towards subjects where you are comfortable contributing, making the interaction smoother for everyone involved. This technique is also useful. If you want to gracefully shift away from a topic that's making you uncomfortable, and remember the magic phrase here: if you want to do that, you just need to say, "Oh, talking about that," and you can replace that with any word the other person mentioned in the conversation earlier. In that way, you can easily change the conversation. For example. If you have that annoying relative who always try to compare you with your next door neighbor, and this time she's talking about your neighbor started to date a cool Korean dude, and just making you really really embarrassed and comfortable, 
instead of the usual attitude of going completely confrontational or when completely silent on her, now you have a different strategy to deal with it. All you need to say is, "Oh, talking about handsome Korean guy. Recently, I have started to watch a Korean drama, and the main actor is so cute. Have you heard about it? Here you go. The original topic is lost." Now you are onto something more fun to talk about. Tip number three: Try to use close-ended questions and open-ended questions in rotation. When meeting someone for the first time, you might not know about their interest. Throwing in an open-ended question right away could potentially lead to confusion if they are unsure how to respond. To avoid this, skillfully alternate between close-ended. And open-ended questions might help. Start with close-ended questions to gauge their interest and preferences first. Once you identify a topic they are passionate about, then you can switch to an open-ended questions to encourage them to elaborate more. For an instance, let's say you are interested in discussing desserts with someone, but you are not sure if that's their cup of tea. Begin with a close-ended questions like, "Oh, do you have a sweet tooth?" If they respond positively, then you can delve deeper with open-ended questions like, "Have you come across any new bakeries in the area that serve delicious sweets? Any recommendations for me?" This approach empowers the other person to talk about something they enjoy, leading to a more enjoyable and fulfilling conversation. Using this technique to uncover their interest can set the stage for a memorable interaction. Tip number four: Prepare a few topics in advance for you to talk to anyone without fears. Sometimes the fear of conversation actually stems from not having enough topics to discuss. Overcoming this challenge requires paying more attention to everyday occurrences that often go unnoticed. Alternatively, preparing a handful of versatile topics beforehand. Can serve as safety nets, making conversation less daunting. The author outlines seven categories of topics to consider. First, safe topics. These are universally relatable subjects like work, health, news, and even celebrity gossip. Two, bonding topics. Discussing age, generational experiences. Mutual friends and family connections can forge connections. Three, conversation sparkers. Topics like restaurants and food can quickly ignite engaging discussions. Four, compliment triggering topics. Areas like fashion, beauty, diet, and health can both praise the other person and encourage their engagement. Five, interest-focused topics. Delved into their hobbies and interests to create a more enjoyable and tailored conversation. Six, local relevance. Discuss nearby people and places to initiate conversations that resonate across different contexts. Seven, emotional sharings. Sharing feelings about happiness, anger, and sadness can help build rapport and connections. So you know, girls tend to bond very well if somebody starts sharing about their experiences of a heartbreaking breakup with someone, right?
So this is the emotional sharing. These categories provide a roadmap to navigate various conversational scenarios. By having a few conversation starters up your sleeve, you'll feel more confident and equipped to engage with others. Remember, being prepared ensures that you have a toolbox of topics to draw from, making conversations less intimidating and more enjoyable. In conclusion, these four strategies can enhance your conversations quickly and significantly. The book offers a toolkit of practical advice. With preparation and attentiveness, you will build more meaningful connections. So next time you converse, remember to be attentive, steer conversations positively, and don't be afraid to direct conversation you don't want to something else. Use close-ended and open-ended questions in rotation and prepare some of your topics beforehand. Conversations become a joyous exchange. That's all for today. Let's all conquer our fears and enjoy getting to know others. And don't forget, let's keep on reading and enjoy our bubble tea. Until next time, goodbye.